Assalamualaikum everyone. So, I really hope that this week's episode hits its target audience because this is a very relevant discussion to some people and it might not be to others. I know for me this is very relevant. This week's episode is talking about how to deal with the sadness that you feel after making the right decision. I know that I've been here. I've felt this in lots of seasons of my life. I'm going through it even now recently I went through it a few months back. Lots of times it happens where you will feel sad after making the right decision and you know that this is the right decision, but how do you get to a point where you just feel very much solid and content with it? So, like I said, been there, done that. I feel like a big, okay, here's the thing. I'm not complaining, but I'm going to be very honest with you. I think at least a solid, a solid, okay, let's throw a percentage. Let's throw a percentage. I think at least a solid 65% of my life has been making the right choice and feeling sad. I'm so dead serious. And, oh, well, that makes me seem like I always do the right thing and I'm not perfect. But I'm just saying, I've been there and I can tell you that I've done that. So I'm going to share the piece of, piece of advice and stuff that helps me when I'm in that place where I don't know how to navigate the emotions of feeling sad after I know the decision I made was right. And I hope that it helps you. It might be your cup of tea. It might not be. But inshallah, here, this helps the heart that needs to hear it and hopefully heal from it. Inshallah. So to talk about this, just to break it down for a bit, I know that a lot of us have felt sad after making the right decision. And that can be with people, that can be with careers, that can be with jobs, that can be with your own family. And that can even be within Islam sometimes. When you know something is haram, so you make the correct decision the second time around. And avoid whatever was haram, you make the right decision, you let it go. But you still feel sad because you were used to a type of lifestyle, which is very normal. Okay, I know lots of people, they come from a certain type of lifestyle where zina and drinking and stuff like that is very, very common. And so it becomes a very much like a common thing in their life. It's again, lifestyle It's a way of the way of their living. So it becomes something that they're very, very accustomed to. And when it comes time to make the right decision and, you know, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides them and their journey comes to a point where they decide that this is not serving me anymore. I want to leave this for Allah. It can be very, very painful. And you can feel very, very sad, even though you know I made the right decision. I did this for Allah, and I know Allah will reward me immensely. And I also know that when you leave something for the sake of Allah, He grants you something better. But I still feel sad, right? So, it can happen in lots of places. It can happen with people, where you really, really saw expectations and hopes for something. But then you started, you saw it going a type of way, and you were like, ah, the right decision, the smart decision, will be to leave. Let me tell you something. Especially with people, time, qadr, and common sense, bro. <laughs> time, qadr, and common sense. When those things come and wake you up, you start to understand why Allah does the way, does what He does, right? But it's not easy in the beginning because in the beginning you're like you don't see anything except what you left. You don't see any other fish in the sea. You don't see anything else. You don't. This is all you focuses on. And it can be very easy for this to drain you every single day. When you wake up, the only thing you think about is what left. The only thing you think about is what you had to leave in order to make the right decision. And it comes to a point where you start to question, did I even make the right decision? Then you start to feel like you're gaslighting yourself. And you're like, well, if I made the right decision, I would be happy. Well, who said making the right decision always feels equivalent to happiness? Who said ma making the right decision always makes you feel happy? Sometimes making the right decision might not make you feel happy, but it will grant you the protection of happiness for your future. And the protection of your happiness, the protection, is very vital. You do not ever, ever, ever compensate on the protection of your future happiness. You deserve the right to be happy. You deserve the right to wake up freely and live your best life. And when you make a decision today that you think, will make you happy when you know good and well from the signs that it won't you are risking your future happiness so you have removed the protection from your future happiness when you are unhappy in the future who is to blame who is to blame you have to ask yourself these questions so a lot of times 
making the right decision might not feel easy. It might not make you feel happy, but making the right decision protects your future happiness. And protecting your future happiness is something that you should go at all costs to do. You didn't work so hard to build yourself and be who you are and go through all that crap to make a bad decision today. To make a very, very emotional and, you know, mind-twisted decision today. Just because, you know, making the right decision might feel hard. So that's the first thing I need you to remember Making the right decision protects your future happiness. Might not feel like it right now, but it does. All of this also transitions really to my first main point, which is number one, stop yourself from shutting down and becoming inaccessible even to yourself. This is so normal. And I have done this nearly every time I was in the scenario where when I made the right decision, I felt sad. Because I know what I wanted. And sometimes, again, the right decision doesn't necessarily feel like it's going to give you happiness in the moment. But the right decision gives you the protection for your future happiness. But in the moment, it just doesn't seem right. So your body starts to shut down and you start to become inaccessible to everybody. And even to yourself to some point, right? Where parts of you feel inaccessible to your own soul. And I want to tell you that the first thing you need to do is stop this instantly. Stop it. Every single time you start to have these thoughts where you're like, oh, did I even make the right decision? Da-da-da-da. Was I wrong? Was I right? What did this person say? Should I have done this? If only I... Mm, stop it right there and there. Our mind has so many thoughts. And I have an episode on thoughts. Actually, it's called Changing Your Thoughts and Healing Your Trust. Something like that. Just scroll down. You'll find it. We go through so many thoughts in our day. And you have the decision on what thought you want to hold and give energy towards. So when you have a thought of, oh, my mind is shutting down. I didn't make the right decision. You start to gaslight yourself. You start to say, was this even good? Should I even done this? I should go back. Hold on. This is a thought. No one's saying you got to stop, you know, yourself from thinking. But you do got to stop yourself from holding on to something. So you have these thoughts, you're going to drop it right then and there. You're going to say, this is not serving me. What I do is I get up and I instantly find something to do. Instantly. Because you have got to break that thought pattern. So, if that is getting up and working out, just do it. Getting up and talking to somebody, just do it. Break the thought pattern. Now, breaking a thought pattern and, you know, breaking the cycle of this does not mean you invalidate your emotions. Because these thoughts are coming from a certain place. They're clearly coming from your heart. They're clearly coming from the fact that your heart is feeling lots and types of ways. It's affecting you. You're going through all of this. It's, it's portraying everywhere. When you have a heavy heart, you have a broken heart, it comes out and it, it shows. Let me tell you. You can tell when someone, to some degree, is brokenhearted. To some degree, you can't. To some degree, you know, you can. It really depends on the person. But when you're brokenhearted, it pours into every single aspect of your life. And you see and you truly feel the way that it impacts everything. So a lot of times when you're having these thoughts, it's coming from this heavy heart that you're carrying. So this doesn't mean you invalidate the way that you feel, but it just means understanding how longer... And how much longer? How much longer? Yeah. Are you going to sit on these thoughts? How much longer are you going to sit on these thoughts? When you have a thought, you think about it, you let it go. You make thought about it, you let it go. You leave it at that. It's just a thought. It doesn't have a home. Thoughts have homes when you give them the bricks to build homes. When you give your negative thoughts the bricks, the ability, the power to build homes... They will build a home. They will rent in that home. They will continue to live in that home until they own the home. Then you can't sit here and say, well, I had no clue it was happening. It was happening. It was happening the whole time. We just don't realize it. Because bad thoughts are very much like, you know, a whole construction process. They come into your mind. You can instantly evacuate them then. When bad thoughts come into your mind, they start to want to stay, linger around, look at the property, look at your brain, aka in this case, look at what you have to offer. What type of person are you? What type of drive do you have? What type of motivation do you have? Slowly but surely, those thoughts, if you do not get rid of them instantly, will start to spread out around you, will start to spread everywhere. Then what happens? Eventually the bricks start to come. One thing happens in your life, this thing happens in your life, now this thing happens in your life, and you start to collect everything. And you're like, everything is falling upon me. I'm feeling the most saddest I've ever felt. And, hmm, it's just clear as day, bro. Like, at that point, it's 
that's what happens. Then those thoughts start sitting in your mind and then you start to think, oh, I'm not good enough and I'm not worthy and I wake up sad every day. Every day is a bad day. My life has been like this. Maybe it's me when it wasn't you. It was just that you had some bad thoughts and then you started to feed into them more than you should have. So that's my first tip. Stop yourself from shutting down because you're going to have those thoughts. You're going to have those cycles. You're going to feel sad. But how long and how deeply are you going to invest yourself in it? That's the thing. And when you give in so much, you start to become super inaccessible even to yourself because you start to feel so incredibly disheartened even by your own self. It's just not a good path that you want to go to, especially when you know you made the right decision. Okay? Now, number two that I have in mind to share. Before I say this one, I want to say that I want you to hear this whole thing before you just take it and run with it, okay? And I might go off on a tangent. I'm going to try not to, but I'm just not going to try not that hard. Because if I, if I do, oopsies. But I really don't care because I got to get this off my chest, bro. <laughs> I got to get this off my chest. So if I go off on a tangent... It is what it is, okay? It is what it is. Because this is not just me. I know that I've seen this for lots of people. But this is a universal experience to some degree, I think. And if it's not, congratulations. But I'm going to need you to sit down for this one, okay? And it's going to go in two directions, but you're just going to have to wait with me. Number two, if this decision that you made wasn't necessarily the right one, or you feel doubtful on whether it is the right one. I want you to ask yourself, why were you guided in the first place to make that decision? Now, let's break it down. Because I ain't about to let some of y'all who do people dirty run with the mindset that you did right. Mm, no, baby. Here's the thing. When you were genuinely a good person and you genuinely had good intentions and you actually tried. Now let's, let's stop right there. Pit stop. Y'all know one thing that I love to talk about is how doing your part is a lot more than just sometimes doing it once. And I don't know if I've shared this before, but I think I recorded it in one of my episodes if I haven't uploaded already. I was watching this lecture where they talked about how the wakal is like a slippery slope and it's like a mountain, the peak, and you want to be at the peak. You don't want to fall on both sides because what some people do is they have the wakal, but they got this mindset that I'm not going to work. Okay, now you've fallen. And the guy in the video, he literally straight up said, he's like, that's stupidity. People back in the day would call that stupidity. Sitting there and saying, oh, I have the wakal. It's going to work out, but I'm going to do nothing. Money's going to show up at my door and I'm going to do nothing. Come on. Be for real. On the other end, there's some people who do, 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 but have zero tawakal in Allah. And then it's just like, it completely, it's just in vain. So it's like both sides are so slippery. You want to be on the peak. You want to have good tawakal, good work ethics. You want to get it done. But what I've noticed in this generation, man, do I want to say this? Do I? I'm going to say it. Uh, let me think. Let me formate this the correct way before I drop this one. I think that this generation more than ever loves to talk about how they're willing to want something, wish for something, love something, claim that they're ready to do anything for it, and do utterly nothing. I'm sorry I said it. Because... I just, you can't, okay, maybe you could make me see likewise, but right now you can't. Because I see so many people that are like, oh, I'm not going to do anything, nothing. I'm just going to sit there on thin air, bro. And this girl that I like is just somehow going to work her way back to me. And we're somehow going to get married. Do you hear that silence? The podcast is not paused. That's me, silent. Very rare scene. I just don't get it. 
It's one thing if you did your part. And by doing your part, I mean actually did it. I mean like that can go for avoiding haram. That can go for cutting haram. That can go for, you know, sometimes our parents are the blockage where they get involved in the wrong mindset. That includes you not giving into that being firm on your faith and your deen fighting against that in a respectful manner and helping them understand that that does not matter and their opinion about oh culture and ethnicity and this it's irrelevant that means generally sitting there having these conversations with them it was a hard night they yelled at you didn't like it it was chaos cool it's fine but that doesn't mean you change the deen or you give up something because of that in my eyes and this is my opinion i just don't think it's right i don't think it's right i think it's unfair to the person i think it's unfair to yourself i think that it's i just think that it's like you can't say you want something and then not be willing to work for it and like working for it comes in that where sometimes like your own family could be the issue or finances could be the issue and it's like when something is solvable and i know like you might think it's not but when it is solvable you know, whether that's your parents are upset that, oh, you're marrying outside of, like, a certain culture. Or they're mad that, like, you know, your age or something, whatever. Learning to realize that if Allah has given you the guidance to be above that, then stay above that. Don't go below that. You don't drown trying to save drowning people. And that's how I see it. And so I just get irritated to my core when I see people talk about, Oh my God, but I really did try my best. Hmm, good. I like that you did try your best. But did you at one point give up for a reason that wasn't valid? Because it's one thing of giving up because it's hard. I respect someone that comes forth and says, I'm giving up because this is hard. Okay, clear as day. It's hard for you. All right, whatever. It's another thing to give up for things and for reasons that are un-Islamic, are haram to some degree, cultural, useless, just useless things. And then say, oh, well, you know what? This is a sign from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If anything, I think it's a sign for the other person. I think it's a sign for the other person that the way that you're acting says a lot. And I just, I don't like it. I understand. I have some friends that have been there where, like, their families would be ready to disown them just because they wanted to get married to, like, a really nice, pious guy, but he wasn't, like, from the same culture. I've seen it all. But I feel like at the same time, when you actually follow what Islam says, Allah will make it work out. The people that are meant to come around, Allah will make them come around. I just don't personally agree with that. And so it irks me to my core when I like go on social media and I see folks talking about some, you know, I've just, I, uh, I just feel like it's so difficult to say because like I know that people are torn and I understand that really, really difficult feeling of like your family on one side or something you want on the other side and like you feel like you're being torn or you feel like you're losing all the relationships and like, I get it. And it's like, I'm not blaming you. I'm just saying like, be for real. That's it. I feel like that's that's what my root is coming to. The capacity of how much someone can work hard varies for everybody, right? So like my capacity could be more, your could be less. At less, you could feel done through and ran through. At more, I can be like, oh, I can still handle more. Like we, we all have a different capacity, right? But I feel like coming forth and being like, this is hard. I can't do it. It's just like, all right, that's you. You don't think that this is worth it. Fine. But like, finding excuses or finding things that are un-islamic to justify something i don't agree with it now i understand that some people might see that as you know a sign from god or this or that and allah allah knows best i'm not one to speak on it and at the end of the day whatever happens happens because of qadr so whether it was a misunderstanding someone was misunderstood or something went the wrong way in the divine degree allah had willed it so it, it's gonna be better in the end anyway inshallah here as long as you kept pure intention and you were really you know trying your best inshallah and at the end of the day like there's not much we can say may allah forgive us all for our sins i mean 
and forgive us if we've ever hurt anyone i mean but it's just very disheartening because i don't like to see it i don't like to hear about it it just boils my blood because it makes me so disappointed how we just are so much of a generation that's like oh hustler mindset and you know, I'm going to grind for whatever I want. And then, when it comes time to actually do the grinding, to actually do the hustling, it's like, gone. I just, it really breaks my heart. But it is what it is. If you are someone that has been through that situation, or you're going through it right now, or whatever it is, or you have to make a decision even outside of, like, people, when it comes to career schools, whatever, to some degree, something pushed you to make that decision. Now, this rounds back to what I said earlier. What pushed you? You have to look at it and be a little bit rational as well, right? You want to make sure it's such an actual valid reason, not something that you're just kind of, you know, giving into maybe shaitan swaswasa or your own mind. You want to make sure it's certain. And I feel like one of the best ways to make sure you're certain is actually consulting knowledgeable people about it so you can understand like is this something did i praise the hara is allah showing me a sign or am i tripping up like it's just i, I feel like it's very important to do that because i feel like a lot of people think istahara is just for marriage and it's not you can do that for so many other things in your life and so it's important to round back to that but when you do do it and something inside of you is like i can't pursue this this is not the right decision for me it's a valid reason mm. Something guided you to make that decision. Listen to it. A lot of women, what they do is they're like, oh, do I deserve better? Well, if you were getting better, you wouldn't have questioned if you deserved better. It's just, it's that same thing. So it's like when someone is sitting there late at night crying and they're like, wait, do I deserve better? What pushed you to get to that point? Something pushed you to get to that point that made you start questioning, do I deserve better? And so now that you're in a place where you did make the right decision, I want you to sit here and think about what guided you to this decision in the first place. Something had had to happen that made you come this far. For some people that are in haram relationships, when the guilt starts to get to them and, you know, or they found out their, you know, significant other at the time was cheating on them, that's like their pushing factor. They're like, I'm done. I don't want to disobey Allah anymore. There's nothing but pain in this. This was your turning point. This is your turning point. You turn away. You made the right decision. You leave the haram relationship. You don't look back. You cut off contact. You keep you your life everything halal like you get out of that right it could happen that in times you'll feel like a sway of emotions you'll be like oh wait was that really the right decision was that really right yes it was absolutely it was first of all it's haram in the first place allah guided you second you just need to think about this so much more often than you think when we think we made a wrong decision we think about every single reason as to why we shouldn't have done this but when you make a right decision, I need you to start thinking thinking about every single reason why you did do this. You did go through with this. You did end this. You did pursue this. You did commit to this. Because why? X, Y, Z. This was your proof. You have got to start thinking about that more. When you decide to leave something, cut something off, you feel sad. You're feeling hurt. Oh, I miss these people. I miss my friends. I thought they were good people. Okay, but do you remember how they treated you? Do you remember how they treated you? Matter of fact, do you remember how they treated you? Sit down. Sit down. I'm about to yell at you. I'm about to yell at you. Do you remember how they treated you? Do you remember how majority of the people treat you? I had a, I have a friend and she was literally talking to me just today about how, you know, she's distancing with some of her friends and she feels so sad about it because she's like, oh, I don't understand why it happens or why they treated me this way. I feel sad this breaking off. I'm like, but do you not remember the text that you used to send me every single day when you used to come home from hanging out with them? You were not happy with them. You did not like them. It's not that you did not like them. You tried to like them. You gave them benefit of the doubt when they hurt you and over and over again. Like your heart was hurting. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you not remember? Do you not? Let's, let's remember. You need to remember. We, we, it's not it's not holding grudges it's not holding grudges it's not oh i'm being a bad person and i'm holding this grudge over you and i'm remembering yourself it's not that it's just to some degree you need to remember that you're not gonna let yourself get burnt by the same flame twice you're not gonna be an idiot you can absolutely forgive someone but you can still be wise enough to realize to not trust that person again Mm, it's just so it's just so hard to say this because it's like it makes you come off as someone that's like oh i hold grudges and absolutely not like if you listen to me frequently i always tell you guys don't hold grudges 
holding grudges, keeping all that in mind, like it's not good for you. No one says you have to keep those things in your mind and your heart and live, breathe, eat, sleep with it and hold a grudge with it and treat people bad. Nobody's saying that. It's just be a little bit wise. Just because you forgive someone doesn't mean you have selective memory loss about it. That's my point, okay? You are careful about what you do the second time around if you choose to go the second time around. And I want to finish this point off with a thread that I read about this and it was so good I screenshotted it to my gallery. So this is like a little thread about how people say like, oh, I'm sad it's over because I don't want to lose them. And if you're someone that's in this scenario, I think you might need to hear this. So I'm sad it's over because I don't want to lose them. Well, what are you losing exactly? Let's talk about it. The out of your life now is so less anxiety for you since they constantly make you question your worth with how they treated you. What else? Right, less comparing yourself to everyone else they speak to, less worrying about if this was going to last because they never put in as much as effort as you. Remember when you realized that and cried for like an hour? Less sadness in general. Once you heal from it because you were disappointed weakly by their inability to speak your love languages or give you any reassurance? Less pain, less lack of sleep, less feeling like an idiot for all the chances you gave them. What, are, what else are you losing? They made me laugh a lot. That's what some people say. They made me laugh a lot. And they made you cry just as much. What else? Then some people say, oh, they gave me company. You had other company. What else? And some people say, oh, they understood me. Well, if they understood you as well as you claim, why didn't they treat you the way you asked to be? And that is the gawa for tonight. That is the tea for tonight. That is the, that is the chai for tonight. So that settles that. Let's go to number three, which is other people's validation is only parking. Now, you might be like, why is this here? Well, because undeniably, when you make a really big decision, other people are going to have their take on it. That's just that. You can't escape that. It's bound to happen. A lot of the times when I'm about to make a really big decision, I don't tell anybody. I think about what I want to do first, and then I get opinions from people that I trust. But you need to remember that other people's validation is only parking. It's okay to feel sad that you made the right decision. Validating your emotions goes far beyond what other people say. So while some people who might be weak-minded might tell you that, oh, you made the wrong decision because you're in pain because they're looking at the instant result of what happened after making that decision, which was pain, which is completely false because just because you make a decision and you're hurt doesn't mean it's wrong. Like we said, they might tell you, oh, go back to what you were doing. Go back to that lifestyle. Don't listen to them. A lot of people that are weak-minded run back to what is easy and what is comfy because what is easy and comfy is much more doable it's much more easier for everyone it's something that helps you sleep better at night you shouldn't listen to those people on that same note you're going to have some people that are going to try to sway your decision and constantly tell you that you were wrong or you did something wrong or you shouldn't have done this and like so much at once and you need to understand what to filter and what not to filter if you sit there starting to listen to every single person and what they say and how they say it and you know what their opinion is and my parents want me to do this and my dad said this and you know my friend said this look bro at the end of the day you need to put islam and allah first what did allah say about this and if you did properly what allah said to do you're fine you're fine and that's exactly why i always tell people to refer to what islam says about things because that way you end up not having any regrets if you leave a haram relationship and you're crying you're sad every day you left for the sake of allah you know your close friends might be like oh you're way more depressed now you should just go back well first of all those are some horrible friends let's start there but two you know you made your decision for the sake of Allah and you know you made this, your decision based off of what Allah said is right or wrong. So you're not losing anything. On top of that, when people are very, very comfy in their position, they would want to watch you stay comfy as well. And that's not right. Validation is only parking, agreeing, going by, being a people pleaser, just swooping yourself under the bus for a bunch of other people is just parking yourself. You're parking yourself from your full potential. There's this quote, and it goes among the lines of, I overvalued my comfort and undervalued me. You love being in your comfort zone. You don't want to learn new things. You don't want to move on from everything that you know. 
But if you value yourself at all, keep going, keep learning, keep adapting, keep changing, because comfort is the enemy of the mind. When you get too comfortable being where you are, thinking that you are just at this set place because you've pleased everybody, that's not necessarily good. Because at the end of the day, if you are not pleasing Allah through this, what's the point? What's the point? So many people are pleasing everybody in their family, but they're not pleasing God with the decisions that they've made. When Allah tells you, don't do this, don't do this, don't prioritize this over this, this person has this right over you, this is your responsibility, you have to do this, and your parents are telling you one thing, your friends are telling you one thing, I don't know, your family back home is telling you one thing, what does Islam say about it? Because when you start to listen to every single person, you start to put every single person, I hate to word it this way, but I hate, I really do, you are putting other people's words and opinions over what Allah has told you to do. And I know that's not what you intend on doing. I know that's not what you want to do. And I know that's not what you mean to do. Intention plays a very big role. But you have to, to a degree, look at the big decisions that you're making in your lifestyle and see, are they swayed by God or are they swayed by my parents? Are they swayed by God or are they swayed by, you know, my college, my friends, peer pressure? What are they swayed by? Like, you gotta kind of think about that. Consult Allah in every single decision that you make. It's the most important thing you can ever do. It really is. I have a friend who prayed istahara about having a kid. And unfortunately, it fell through. But slowly but surely, she saw the signs that this man was not going to be a good father. And it was very unfortunate and it was very, very sad. But Allah showed her those signs clear as day. And so now, obviously, they've separated and whatever. But things that were never revealed to her before about this man, certain things that happen, certain stuff that he does, clear as day when she started praying istahara about having a kid with him. And so that's the thing. A lot of us, we think, okay, well, we're married. All right, let's just jump, 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 jump. But there's nothing wrong with consulting Allah about these decisions that you're going to make. It's a very big deal to have a kid. It's a very big deal to buy a house. It's a very big deal to just... Do those things that have to be done. And even everyday stuff, there's nothing wrong with consulting Allah about it. You should praise the You should get answers and you should seek proper Islamic help for those things. But consulting with Allah is so important. It is so important. And if you do not consult with Allah about your decisions, look through what the Quran says about this, talk to knowledgeable people, you're going to continue to make decisions based off of she said this and I said this, my mom would be happy, my dad would be happy. And if I do this, my mom would be mad. And if I do this, my dad would be mad. But what if Allah's mad? Then what? Then what? Like, this is terrifying to think about. and But it, it has to be said. I, I know that people don't intend on this and people don't mean to do this. No one in their right mind would ever mean to do such a thing. I know that for a fact. But may Allah forgive us because I'm not perfect either. But to a degree, like, at least be self-aware about it. Don't, don't justify it. Don't justify it. The first step to moving on is not justifying that crap. It is. It really is. You stop justifying it and you stop saying, oh, this is right. This is right when you know it's wrong. Right. So that's that's that. And I want to say one more thing here while we're talking about acknowledging and, you know, kind of taking accountability of a few things. This is not to sound mean and this is not to come off a type of way, but I'm just going to say it as it is. When we make the right decision and we're sad and this is even when we make the wrong decision, just when we're sad, period. We are so ungrateful. And I know, I know that you guys don't like hearing this lecture because it's like, yo, mamas tell you this and everybody and their dogs have told you this. But like, it's really real. And I can promise you that like, when you're sad after you made a decision, if you don't live in anything else besides that, you're going to drown yourself. Allah is opening up the doors and windows of so many different blessings and du'as that you've been asking him for years for. Have you ever looked around in your life right now and looked at the little joys, the little blessings that God has given you, the doors that he's opened for you, that you made du'a for since you were like seven, since you were a kid? But now we don't even acknowledge those things. And I'm not saying that the way that you feel is wrong and it's bad and you shouldn't feel sad and you shouldn't feel what you feel. You should feel what you feel. But I just want you to generally take a look around you in your life and look at how many blessings you're living in the middle of. Things that you made do for since you were like eight, seven, when you were a child. Things that you made do for for years. Things that you made do for the last six months. You could have gotten those things and you don't even notice it because you have not been so consumed in it. I had a friend who actually wrote a poem, which is very, very beautiful, and it's kind of long, so I kind of want to just share some points from it. So my friend, she took this class, like I mentioned before in some of my other episodes with Rabata, and in their final, final exam, it's really cool, their final exam, I wanted to 
submit my thing without unguarded but their final exam was basically where they could it was really like creative you could express yourself however you want it was like through a podcast through a poem some people did like really amazing drawings like deep meanings right and it's basically about like what is it what does it mean to you to be muslim what is it like to be muslim among those lines and my friend wrote this poem which was so good and i was like girl you gotta give me this because i'm putting this in the ep this poem is just beautiful and i'm gonna share some of my favorite parts from it to emphasize that correlate with this episode so this is called little joy what does it mean to be muslim the little moments are the ones that fill up our life if we strive to be happy and peaceful human beings we've got to find enjoy ponder and live in them when you feel the cold breeze of air on a warm summer's day it blows through your hair your neck your clothes or just your hands it's so faint but you can feel the relief inside your body thank allah for our son the one that keeps us warm all day and night thank allah for that cold breeze of air he sent for you thank allah for giving you a body that can feel warm and cold when you've been at school or work all day and you come back and change into your clothes you can feel the warmth and comfort of them hugging your body thank allah for having the means to work Thank Allah for having access to education. Thank Allah for having a home. Thank Allah for providing you with clothes. Thank your mother. She patiently waits for you every day. Thank Allah for his mercy. Thank Allah for allowing you to live a life of comfort, wealth, and abundance. Thank Allah for not leaving you hungry today or every day. Thank Allah for blessing you with a life with a parent. Thank Allah for giving you a parent that cares for you. When you smile at someone in the street and they happen to smile back, Thank Allah for creating you, for creating them, for giving us smiles, and for letting us live with ease to smile. Thank Allah for providing us with so much that we can smile. Thank Allah for not abandoning us, for always sending people to us. Thank Allah because it was He who brought that smile on your face and the smile on theirs. When you read the Quran and fall onto an ayah that changes everything, thank Allah for sending down his beautiful words to us, for allowing us to read them, learn them, and live them. Our beloved Prophet, peace be upon him, for helping teach and spread the revelations that came to him. Thank our Ummah who kept the precious words going on until it could reach you. When you've been crying all day and you get into bed and close your eyes, you can hear your heart beat and feel the wetness of your clothes when you know that tomorrow will be better. Thank Allah for giving the ability to feel emotions, to feel love, to be able to cry for something or someone. Thank Allah because without the tears, how could we ever know what joy is? Girl, she ate and left no crumbs, let me tell you. She sent me that and I was like, maybe that's going to the podcast. Sorry, that's going to the podcast. It was so good. It's so beautiful and I love it. And I saw some of the other projects that girls made for their final exam at Ramadan. It was beautiful for their um, foundations, laundering classes. It was so pretty, amazing stuff. And I love how Ramadan just lets people express themselves, the final exams, their homeworks, whatever. It's more of also tuning in with your own self and reflecting on your own self. And then, you know, also going along with what you learned. It's beautiful. I love it. I 10 out of 10 recommend them. They're registration opens january 1 to january 17th you should definitely sign up like i've mentioned some of my other episodes i also have a bunch of amazing level one courses about like the prophet revelations on the quran and so many other amazing things you should 10 out of 10 sign up and go check them out the link is in my bio if y'all sign up i really am interested to see your final exams the final exams are always so exciting they're so amazing mashallah and i love that's something that i'm really really invested in final exams i know one day inshallah you know, if I ever have to like teach little kids, I know if I had to do a final exam, I would do it this way. Because I think that it is so much more memorable to tell younger children, you know, that you might be teaching it or even like teens, people that are 18s and their 20s, whatever, to make a demonstration of what they learned through something way more creative. You could do a podcast, you could do like a drawing, people did like videos, she wrote a poem, like you can do so many different things and I like that because every person gets to do something they love and they like while correlating the concepts of Islam and what they learned in it. It's just chef's kiss. It's beautiful. Mashallah. Tamara Gray, she she's really doing Rabada the best way. She knows what she's doing, mashallah. So ten out of ten recommend you to sign up for that. The link is in my bio. So next tip. Now for the next point number four. I want you to look outside and look at the fresh air that you have received after shutting this window. So this meets this might sound a little, you know, contradictory, but let me explain. Sometimes the best way to get some fresh air is to close a window. Because not every window that you open good is good for you. Not every air that comes in is good for you. Okay? The decisions that you make in your life. When you open up new windows, new doors, sometimes end up being, end up being closed again. And sometimes it's for the better. It really is. 
Because sometimes when you open up this new window, this new door, you have all these expectations and you're thinking that I'm going to blossom and grow in this type of way. You know, I'm just at my fullest. And then you end up realizing that this has so much control over you or this is going in such a negative way that it's better to sometimes shut the door and shut the window. One thing that I like to be very mindful about is how much control people have over me. That sounds very, very a type of way. Let me explain myself. By this, I mean, if I start to feel something, if I have a certain type of friend, whatever it is, I like to look at how much they have control or power over me. I want nothing to have control or power over me except, you know, following, well, besides, like, you know, listening to what my parents say and that too correct Islamic stuff. But besides, you know, Allah and Islam and following the Sunnah, obviously I want those things to, you know, have the upper hand on me. I want to follow and live a way of life of those things. When it comes to your social circle, your friends, maybe your spouse even, some people, this is some tea, have a very hard grip by their spouses. So like if they don't text them, they don't talk to them, they don't do anything or maybe they forgot to text good morning or someone that you like you know is isn't reciprocating energy like they shut down like they're not going to the gym they're not working out they're not going to school they're not getting out of bed not good how much power should someone have over you is very important and when you give someone the entire identity of you and tell them here i love you so much that you can just control it you are in in theory giving up you to just be toyed around and played by them and that's not something you want. You want to be a strong individual on your own. You want to strive for Islam and Allah and whatever he says on his own. You want to live according to things on your own. You want to be able to learn how to give portions of yourself generously, have empathy with boundaries and be a good person on your own. No one should have this much power over you that they should dictate the way that you feel, that they should dictate the way that you feel insecure when you wake up in the morning, that they should dictate the fact that you deserve to be depressed nobody if you have a spouse and they are putting you down consistently telling you that you are ugly you're not good enough they regret marrying you you're like this and you're like that no one should have that much power over you and no one like that should even be around there is no reason to keep relationships in your life if they aren't treating you better than the way that you should be treating yourself or at least trying to treat yourself that's just my opinion now listen the other thing is you have got to start Imagining your life without this thing in a positive light. Every single time we say, oh, I can't imagine my life without this. It's instantly in a negative light. I can't imagine my life without this. I can't imagine having this. I don't know how I'm going to go on without this. Why? Why do they have so much power over you? Why does this thing have so much power over you? Why does this dictate the way that you feel and your stability and your future prospects? Why? People always say, well, I love this thing so much. I love this person so much. Well, I hate to say this to you. I really do. But are they even making an effort back? Because majority of the time, if they were, you wouldn't have been sitting here feeling this way. And I know that sucks to hear, especially for girls. I know. But it's like, hey man, like, it, it is what it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. <laughs> I'm not going to sugarcoat it. A lot of times, you're sitting here feeling sad, like, oh, it didn't work out. And if it wanted to, if he really wanted to make it work, he would have made it work. It's simple as that. Same thing when it comes to getting into type of school or something that you wanted to go to. You know, you worked your hardest. No one, you know, intentionally doesn't work hard. You worked your hardest. It didn't work. Oh, well, it's fine. It's fine. Life is going to go on. The sun will rise. The new morning will come. You will wake up with new opportunities. God is not through with you yet. I know you wake up every single day thinking, I can't imagine my life without this. How am I ever going to live without this? But I want you to think about maybe five years ago when you were going through what you thought was the biggest hardship of your life and you thought that the sun would not rise in the morning and you would never be okay again and you would never laugh again and this was the last day of your life and then you woke up again and the sun did rise and you did live and you did try again and you did get new opportunities. You were able to laugh again. You were happy again. You will experience all those things again. One thing that I always tell myself is I'm like, if I felt sad, depressed, or all these negative things for so long, then I deserve to hold on to feel happy, blissful, joyful, laughing. I don't know, freaking throw synonyms up in here. I deserve to feel those things as well. Just because you lived your entire life feeling anxious, depressed, and sad, or you dealt with losing so many people in your life, do you not think you deserve to hold on to see the good? 
obviously you would say, yes, I do deserve to hold on to see the good, but I just don't see it. You know, one of the pieces of advice that people used to give me back in the day, they used to make me mad, bro. Like, it used to make me so mad. Was when people were like, oh, things get better. And I always used to be like, well, when? Because when does my better come? Because, okay, things get better, but when does it get better? But now, I actually give that same advice to other people. Because things do get better. You don't notice it. But Allah's very subtle in it. Things eventually, they get better. Eventually, you know, what at one point made you cry so hard at night, eventually leads you to slow tears. Then eventually you become numb to it. Then eventually you start to heal from it. Then eventually you start to accept it. Then eventually you're like, okay, it is what it is. Then eventually you start to kind of, you know, gain some closure. Then eventually you start to see the world outside of it. Then eventually you start to see that, hold on, I'm a whole human being with or without this. I know it might not feel like it right now. I know it might hurt right now. I know it sucks. It's so 100% okay. To feel sad about something. It's 100% okay to miss something. It's 100% okay to be like, wow, I really wanted this person and it didn't work. I really wanted to get into this school and it didn't work. It's okay. And perhaps there was hate in it. And you don't know, maybe Allah can bring that back into your life. But you shouldn't sit here and wait on that expectation. Especially if you were the one that put effort in it in the first place. When you are dealing with people, it's very important to look at who's putting effort and who's not. If you were the one that initiated something, started something, you know, like threw the ball in the park for something you made all the effort and now things are falling through in my eyes it's not your place to really i it depends on the scenario everything is sub, you know conditional i think that it does take for a fact two to save a boat so it's it it is what it is i don't it's so conditional that it's hard to get into but really i do think that any type of relationship any bond is saved by two people because at the end of the day, one person has to be willing to work, the other person has to be willing to work, and both of them have to be willing to want it. Some people are willing to want it, but not willing to work. And some people are willing to work, willing to want it. And it just doesn't ratio out nice. Because when you're the one who's willing to work for it, or, you know, go against cultural norms for it, and the other person is just willing to want it, it's not enough. Because when you fight with everyone, you fight with the entire world, and then you come out there and this person's not even willing to fight for you, it sucks. I had a friend who generally fought with the entire world for this man like hands and knees very very beautiful girl i love her to death but she genuinely fought hands and knees for this man right she's a revert and very good guy um he eventually unfortunately very very unfortunately they end up in a divorce and things just it just left left ghosted went to another country very, very sad. And it's like, she's so, she deserves so much better than to like, you know, go through some of the things that she went through that I know of. And it's, just, it's so sad. But it's just like, it happens so often and you just don't know who's really a good person who's not. And so it's like when you play games with good people, it really comes back for you. It does. It does. Because I can promise you, like, the f that, that, mm, yeah. May Allah forgive us. May Allah forgive us. Let's end off on that note. May Allah forgive us. Because at the end of the day, we don't know what we, any of us could be held accountable for. But you just don't, you don't want to do that. You don't want to be the reason that someone's crying. You don't want to be the reason that someone is hurt. You don't want to be the reason that someone can't sleep at night. You just don't want to mess with people's hearts. Don't do it. It's not, it's not smart. You don't know some people when they get very very severely hurt they turn away from islam you don't want to be the one that is hurting this person that you know just it's so it's scary it's scary allah knows best about liability and accountability in this scenario it's scary and it's just not something you want to do it's not but eventually you do need to come to a point where you're like look i can't imagine my life without this thing and that's great that is absolutely amazing. You need to wake up every morning and be like, I can't imagine my life without blink. And that is amazing that I don't, that I don't have this thing. I know right now it feels suckish and you're like, that makes no sense because I want this thing. But just because you want something doesn't mean it's good, right? And at the same time, just because you don't have something, that doesn't mean that, you know, you're lacking or you're not going to be as successful in your future. Your future prospects are down. No. People always say, I can't imagine my life without this thing. I can't imagine going on, but you are going on. You are waking up every day. You might not feel like you're alive. That's one thing. 
but you are waking up every day and slowly but surely you will heal and you will get better and at one point you'll be like oh my god do you remember that time when i was sitting there in bed in like november crying my heart out thinking that like i couldn't ever imagine my life without this and then i showed to my own self and i proved my own self wrong that i am very much capable of getting up and starting over with or without this thing hmm that that's my that's my take on that you love allah start to love the color that he makes for you as well i know i say this very often and i know it's very very hard to take in but it all comes back with everything people are going to tell you to do one thing validation's only parking your comfort can only harm you thinking that you should stay here you know someone should not have the power to dictate so much of you and your capabilities and when allah sees someone having that much power over you that they're shaking up your iman and they're hurting you it it becomes an issue and it's an issue that needs to be solved and one thing i can tell you for a fact is you will have to be strong i don't think that being strong is always a choice i think that being strong is not something that anyone can just develop out of thin air when some people are like oh i'm so strong it's it's very very it's very difficult to define because in my eyes i think that people that are strong never really had a choice besides being strong you do not decide in happy land one day i'm going to be strong nothing in happy land is making you having or requiring you to be strong everything in this dunya that breaks you that just tears you going through just the tussles of life requires you to be strong so being strong is not always a choice i know it wasn't a choice for me i know that lots of people that are like i don't i don't like being called strong i know i don't either some days i'm like i don't like to hear oh you're so strong you'll be fine because it's kind of like saying well you've seen worse and this sucks and i know it hurts but since you're strong you should just take it well what if i wanted to not be strong for once so what if i just wanted to be soft be in my soft girl era what if i just wanted to what if i just wanted to be able to trust and rely without feeling like i have to be strong where did that go but it's like that's just not that's just not something that happens and it's very sad but i do think there are a lot of people that are strong didn't have many choices but to be strong and it's unfortunate i know it's not fun but I promise you that being strong is something that I feel like yes it hurts and yes it's like not something that's you know oh ball in a park and I'm strong and I love being strong it's not like that but it is very much something you won't regret because at the end of the day yes as much as you hate hearing it if you can make it out of that you can definitely make it out of this and that's something that I like to tell myself often in a positive light because Sometimes, you know, hardships that you go through remind you in your future that look, I went through this and I made it out. You made it out. And I know that being strong is difficult and I know that when it comes time in your life to kind of like put your guards down, which I can tell you is very hard. I remember I put my guards down between like September and like November, like 2-3 months. Oh, worst decision. <laughs> worst decision regret it you know and i was just like oh baby <laughs> no i regretted that crap i regretted putting my guards down i regretted trusting so easily but it is something that you can't blame yourself for i regret it i'm not gonna do it again <laughs> i don't blame myself for it because sometimes when you are so strong you know when you don't see a threat it's kind of like oh i can put my card down it's okay and then that's just this is a dunya so i feel like in in theory i've learned like being strong isn't easy having your guards up and being careful isn't easy and i think that when you do meet the right people you should put your guards down you should learn to be vulnerable i posted something on twitter today that actually talked about being vulnerable and i did not mean to take this to my twitter but if you follow me on my twitter you are very elite yes but i posted this thing that said vulnerability is the birthplace of love belonging joy courage empathy and creativity it is the source of hope empathy accountability and more if we want greater clarity in our purpose or deeper and more meaningful spiritual lives vulnerability is the path so 
Yes, you might regret it. You might regret being vulnerable. You might regret crying. You might regret feeling those things. But I feel like vulnerability truly is the birthplace of all things. I remember in so many years when I was like, oh, I'm not going to cry. I'm not going to be sad about it. I became worse off. But when I cried about those things, I felt sad about those things. And, you know, sometimes people might look at you and they say, why are you still sad about this? This happened three months ago. You shouldn't be sad about it. It wasn't that big of a deal. It it always it wasn't, you know, that, that far in. You shouldn't be sad about this. You didn't have that many hopes. Like, people always tell you why you shouldn't be sad about something. But I think it's all a facade when you act like, oh, this big thing happened, something you really cared about in your heart or something you really planned for just fell through and you wake up the next morning and, and you know, just even two weeks later sometimes and you're like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. It's great. I'm, I'm living my best life. And you become so hyperactive that you're doing like so many things. But I don't necessarily agree with that. There's this quote that I post on my Instagram and it says that if you're trying not to think about it, it's time to heal from it. And that's exactly the mindset that I keep. I don't like to avoid it. If I want to think about something, I'm going to think about it, ponder upon it, until I come to a point where I'm like, okay, look, how much more are you going to think about it? Like I said, in so many of my episodes, how much longer are you going to think about it? Like, you can ponder about it. You can think about it. You can be like, wow, that sucked. I can't believe this happened. Let it all out. Cry about it. Do what you got to do. But then at one point, you you create a barrier and you're like, look, it's, it's time. It's time to move on now. I felt what I needed to feel. I've cried out whatever I need to cry out. I've done whatever I needed to done. Now it's time to grow. And that is when you take your vulnerability and you create the birthplace of, you know, so much better to come. And I know that people that are strong find this the most hardest step because taking everything that hurts you and then being like, I'm strong enough to move on sucks. There's this other quote that I once read. It said, I've had so many knives stuck into me. When they hand me a flower, I can't quite make out what it is. It takes time. And that is very true for some people where when you finally do receive good or you do receive what you were wanting or time comes and you realize that it's time to, you know, get up and move on. It's not easy because it takes so much time to figure out what exactly you went through sometimes you know people hand you flowers while stabbing you with a knife and i couldn't go anyway but it takes time and it's okay and i know that it's one of the hardest parts ever but one of the best things that i feel like i can say for that moment of your life when you decide like okay i'm done with these feelings i know i made the right decision i'm sad but i'm done being sad like i want to progress is continue on a slow incline slow incline just keep going don't at any point stop inclining and going up. I think my neighbor's dogs are barking. I'm sorry, guys. But um, don't at any point, don't, you know, stop going up because that is when you will slip down and fall. Every day you make that cautious step. Even if you even if you failed, if your goal today was, okay, look, I'm going to try to work out, keep my mind off things, and you didn't work out, that doesn't mean you say, okay, well, I just can't do this. I'm going back. No. You say, well, tomorrow I'll try again. And tomorrow you'll be able to do it. Then maybe the next day you won't. Then maybe you decide that, okay, I'm going to, you know, start reading more Quran, focusing more on my Islamic knowledge to get over this, to get my mind off of stuff, to learn more about Allah. You know, all those things, get the pleasure of Allah. Then one day you don't, you're not able to do it. Does that mean you garbage the intention as a whole? No. Some people say, well, I'm going to pray five prayers today. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And they don't do it. They don't wake up for Fajr. They miss Fajr. They say, man, I miss Fajr. Well, bye, Zohar, Asim, Maghrib, Isha. I just can't do it, man. Huh? You missed Fajr. You did not miss Zohar. You did not miss Asar. You did not miss Maghrib. And you did not miss Isha, ma'am. Sir, you did not miss those things. What some people do is after they miss Fajr, they purposely miss the rest because they're like, well, I wanted to pray all five. And no, you make the intention that, okay, well, I missed Fajr. I'm going to make it up. I'm going to pray Zohar, Asar, Maghrib, Isha. And then tomorrow I'm going to try again to pray all five. You do not give up on certain things just because it's hard. You do not let go of the intention just because it's hard. When you're pursuing something and you know that it's right Islamically, you do not just give up out of thin air because of what culture says, because of what some people say, because of whatever, whatever, whatever. You don't just give up. You can slowly incline. You might not get there. It might not be easy battling all of people's opinions and all of their different senses of validation and authority that they might have over you. It's not easy. But you do not stop on that incline. Okay? Okay. So I know you might feel sad after making the right decision for you, but always remember that if you were not, you know, feeling the ways that you felt, this decision wouldn't have been made. And if you made a type of decision that was the right decision Islamically, like you left something haram, know that what you did for Allah is far greater than what you were missing. You did something so brave, so good, turning back to Allah, turning back to the one who forgives everything. You're not going to regret it. You will never regret 
leaving something for the sake of Allah. And you will see so much barakah and happiness and blessings come in your life slowly but surely. And you will heal. And at one point, you will be so happy that you let it go. Right now, you don't feel it. Right now, it sucks. Right now, you don't see anything except what you lost. But it's time to start imagining your life without this thing in a positive way. And if God wills any good in it, it will come back. But remember to do your part and remember to have the wakal. Remember to not be on a slippery slope. Remember to incline slowly. Yes. And remember to follow my social media. Oh my god. Bye. That was the first time I just... No. Listen. 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 <laughs> listen. I don't want to hear anything. I don't want to hear anything about that one. Because I never do like shameless self-promos on here. I never... Okay. Well, 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 well. Hold on. I do sometimes do them and I'm like, oh my god, follow my Twitter or like join my Discord. But like I don't do shameless, shameless self-promos at the end where I'm like, follow my social media. This is the first, I think. But if I've done it before, just act like I haven't. Okay, because listen, it's it's valid though. It's valid. Because I've had some people DM me. They're like, oh, I didn't know you had an Instagram. And like, I put it in like my Spotify bio, I think. Or like um, my podcast episodes. And I'm like, socials and playlists are in the link. And then people find it. And then they're like, oh my god, I didn't know you had an Instagram. So, hi, this is my message to the world you don't even have to follow me but i do post like really nice quotes and stuff on there well i think they're nice i like them i'm building an aesthetic on there i like the aesthetic if you don't like the aesthetic shut up you will like it today i don't care none of my business okay you gonna like my aesthetic whether you like it or not you you're gonna have to like it just kidding i'd never put it down your throat it's all jokes but you can definitely check that out and i once again want to thank Rabata for sponsoring this episode. With that being said, leave some feedback if you like this episode. Take care of yourself. Assalamu alaikum.